Guys, I am excited to get an opportunity to speak to you guys and start a new series on this idea of repentance. And so I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard that word before. Um, and maybe if you have, maybe um, you, you have an idea of what it is. But we're going to flesh it out over the next um, two, two weeks. And, and, and we're going to talk deeply about what it means to repent and what does it look like to repent and how repentance um, essentially in the end is, is like bringing back the Garden of Eden to earth. So really, really exciting to share with you guys. But tonight, I got to convince you and show you why you need to repent and why repentance is a key part of your every single day Christian life. Um, it's something that you should be doing every single day and something you never stop doing. Um, so if you um, guys have your Bibles um, or on your phone, you can Pull it out to Acts 3, 11 through 26. And we're going to talk about um, this idea of repentance. So first, before I even get into it and, and I read the text to you guys, I want to ask you guys this question. What do you love? So I shared this story with the middle school students. I probably shared this with you guys before. But I really, really, really love hot showers. So like I'm talking though like no cold water mixed in. I'm talking like hot showers like really hot like so hot that it's like burning your back a little bit um i used to one time i got poison ivy and i used to put hot water on my poison ivy it was like heaven on earth it just felt so relieving like i don't know if you've ever experienced like having like a really itchy part of your body and pouring hot water all over it like kind of hurts but it feels really good well i like that's how my hot showers feel like it's just like tingling kind of kind of painful but a good kind of pain and so i get in a hot shower it's so hot mirrors five it's literally also showering from my roof because of the steam and i'm in the hot shower my back is against the shower and i have in my left hand i usually have a bowl a nice big bowl and then in my right hand i have a spoon and inside that bowl is just gobs and gobs of ice cream and i'm just shoveling it into my mouth it is incredible so do not hate it until you try it go home tonight go into your freezer grab your ice cream get into a hot shower let the hot water run down your back and then be sticking cold ice cream into your mouth and experience that it, absolutely incredible that is something i love something i dream about and something I, I probably will do tonight so um so just so you guys know when you when you think of me tonight be like mikey's enjoying a nice bowl of ice cream in the shower so that's that's something I love, but I also love other things. I love Florida State Seminoles. Oh, gosh, it's a terrible time. I love the Atlanta Falcons. 0-4, baby. Let's go. I also love, um, you know, fantasy football, but my teams are terrible. I love, I love a ton of things. I think about a ton of things. And so when I'm asking you, what do you love? I want you to think about the things that you think about before you go to bed at night, like the stuff that runs through your mind. Maybe that is what you love and what you care about a lot. I remember when I was in seventh grade, I really liked this girl named Becky. I, I thought she was so cute. And so she, Becky, in seventh grade, the th my favorite part was that she used to put her hair back in a ponytail. I was like, oh gosh, I can't handle it. So she put her hair back in a ponytail. So in seventh grade, I'm like this, I have this great idea. I'm like, I'm gonna let Becky know I love her by pulling her ponytail. <laughs> So I would pull her ponytail every single day. And it didn't work. Becky did not get the memo that I had the feelings for her. And, but sure enough, eventually, eventually, it took me a long time. But when I was an 11th grader, I took her on a date. I'm just saying, guys, okay, I got it. I got it in 11th grade. 
about 175,000 ponytail pulls later, she was like, she got it. She understood that this boy is crazy about me. So, but no joke. So I don't know if any of you guys have done this, but I just share this with middle school students. This is really weird, but I'm going to share with you guys. I used to have like a loft bed and I had like rails on my loft bed, but I had one railing. My parents used to be able to see a certain rail. So I had a rail, a certain like on the back side of the wall where no one could see it but me. I put her picture there and I would pray for her every single night before I went to bed. It was there, I mean, no joke, till 11th grade. And then she broke up with me and I ripped that picture down. I burned all the, I burned all of them outside in my front yard. It was awesome. So um, it was great. So I only, after like, what was it? Two, two years of, uh, no, it was like five years of crushing on her, dated her for like, two months she broke up with me and then I just like threw it all down the trash like it was awesome uh it was incredible I was a hot mess too there was like no joke like every day crying like I was hardcore crying um it's funny you can laugh that's funny okay I'm laughing I'm trying to laugh about it still okay so I'm working on it okay slowly but surely uh, but no joke, like I would think about her every single night. I hope she's not listening to this podcast, by the way. That would just creep her out because I don't think I ever told her that. <laughs> I put a picture of her on my bed rail. Um, please, Father, spare me. Um, so she, so I would like, you know, every single night I just would think about her all the time. And every single day during school, I, I was just thinking about Becky the whole time. It was, it was bad. Um, but that's something that I loved and I cared about. All right. I care, I, and I do the same thing. Something also funny is I used to dream about being an NFL quarterback. So throwing that out there, that, that was my dream. I thought about that every night as well. So I was going to be an NFL QB, and I was going to marry Becky, and look what happened to me. I'm here in this foggy room. <laughs> Who knows where I am right now? Um, but it was, it was something that I thought about every night, and I want you guys to think about that. Um, that was really long. I'm so sorry. I wasn't even going to tell half the Becky things. So, um, Yeah. Um, yeah, tell your parents, text them now, 9 o'clock. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you. I'll just skip a few parts. No big deal. Um, so I want to talk about the story um, of Peter because I think when we talk about what do you love, I think oftentimes it's Jesus and God and Christianity and spirituality and church are not things that maybe come to your mind right away. It wasn't something that came to my mind right away either, but I want to encourage you and challenge you to start caring about that. Start loving that. Start loving Jesus. Um, Jesus is not an end to your means. Does that make sense? It's not, it's not something that you use to get out of hell free card. You know what I'm saying? It's not something like just to get to heaven. Jesus is not that. Jesus is real. He's a person. He's a human being. And he wants to know you, and you should want to know him. So that is something that you should realize is that you don't want to be in heaven if Jesus isn't there. That's how you want to live the Christian life. And that's what repentance is about. It's about a relationship with Jesus. It's not just about turning away from your sin. That's a piece of it. But it's about walking with Jesus. And so I want to tell you the story of Peter. And Peter in Acts 3, he's giving a sermon about Jesus, proclaiming his name. But I want to tell you something really interesting about Peter. Peter, before he gives the sermon on Jesus and proclaiming the glory of Jesus Christ and saying to people, repent, turn away from your sins. Peter did one of the most terrible things you could do to another human being. Okay? 
Peter was Jesus's, one of Jesus' disciples. And some of you guys have friends. You have a squad. You have a crew. You hang out with them. That's what Peter was like with Jesus. And Peter saw so many things that Jesus did. He saw Jesus raise dead people to life. He saw, people, he saw Jesus um, get people um, healthy and whole. He saw Jesus cast out demons. He saw Jesus ask, tell people to get up and walk that never walked in their life before. He saw Jesus spit into mud, rub mud on people's eyes, wipe the mud away, and now they could see when they were blind. Peter saw some incredible things by Jesus. Now, G Jesus to Peter, though, all the time that, Jesus, um, that Peter's walking with Jesus, he's using Jesus as a means to his end. What does Peter want from Jesus, and why is he following Jesus? Because he believes that Jesus is going to be the king over Jerusalem, and he's going to be the person that delivers his people from oppression. So he's following Jesus because he wants to be Jesus' right-hand man when Jesus becomes king over Jerusalem and defeats the Roman Empire. But Jesus had way bigger plans with his life, and his plans involved dying on a cross. And so when Jesus goes to the cross, Peter is wrestling with what he loves, and does he really love Jesus? Okay? So if Peter can miss this, then we can miss it too. Do you love Jesus? So Peter is in the trial where Jesus is on trial for death, to be crucified. Okay? And so Jesus is on trial. Peter's in the room. And people start recognizing Peter and say, hey, I think you're one of Jesus' friends. And Peter's like, no, I'm not. I'm not. And Jesus in the room hears that. And then a few hours later, in the trial, someone else is like, hey, I am pretty sure you hang out with Jesus. You're one of those dudes that likes Jesus. You love Jesus. Like, this dude we're trying to kill. Let's kill this guy. And Peter's like, no, don't. I don't care. I don't like him. I don't know him. And then a third time, someone comes up to Peter. It's like, no, you're for real. You love Jesus. You're around Jesus all the time. And Peter says, no, I've never known him. Jesus was at his lowest point, his darkest and deepest moments. Maybe many of you guys have had those moments and no one was there. And no one was there for Jesus. And something interesting in the Bible, not even God was there for Jesus because God turned his face from Jesus on the cross. He turned his face away. And he turned his face upon you and I. He turned his face upon Peter, Jesus' rejecter. He turned his face on you. So, Peter has a problem. He doesn't love Jesus. You in this room have a problem. You don't love Jesus. Jesus is your get out of hell card. Jesus is, at least I can get to heaven card. Jesus is, at least I um, appear to be a good person in front of my parents because I went to church. Uh, Jesus is, I went to youth group tonight, but I really didn't care to hear anything about Jesus. I just wanted to be with my friends. Hey, I've been there. I did that. I'm, I'm only here to hang out with Reese. Um, so <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm here with for you guys. Too. I like you guys. Um, but I'm saying like, why do you love Jesus? And that's the question that Peter was being asked. And something happens to Peter. And I'm not going to tell you what happens to him. Because I want to read to you the words he speaks after Jesus, is, Jesus dies on the cross. So Jesus dies on the cross. His dreams are crushed. He's not the second in command over Jerusalem. And this is what Peter speaks. 
So close your eyes with me as I read this. I want you guys to hear the words of Peter. This is the most important thing said tonight. All the people were astounded by the healing of the lame man. And they gathered together around Peter. And when Peter saw it, he addressed these people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Why do you stare at us as though by your own power or piety we have made him walk? It's the God of Abraham. It's the God of Isaac. It's the God of Jacob. It's the God of our fathers. And he glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over, denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy One, the Righteous One, and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life. You killed the author of life. You killed the author of life. Sorry, it doesn't repeat three times. I just want to emphasize that. Okay? (laughs) Whom God raised from the dead. Whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And his name, by faith in his name, has made this man able to walk again through Jesus has given this man perfect health in the presence of you all. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that is Christ, would suffer, this has been fulfilled. So therefore, repent, turn back, so that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send the Christ to return whom heaven must receive until the time of restoring all things back to the way they should be. And the way, and this has been spoken by God himself through his holy prophets long ago. Moses said this, the Lord God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And it shall be that every soul who does not listen, if you are not listening, every soul who does not listen from Samuel to those who came after him also proclaimed to these days will be destroyed You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, through your offspring shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Through the church, all the families will be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness, turning you back to himself. You can open your eyes. What happened to Peter? How does he go from rejecting Jesus to saying, he is the way, the truth, and the life. You need to turn to him. You need to have a relationship with him because through him, your soul will be restored, your sins will be forgiven, and the world will be made new. What happened to Peter? He saw Jesus rise from the dead. And he encountered him. And this is what Jesus does when he is risen from the dead. He seeks out Peter. He makes a campfire by the lake. He brings Peter near and they eat a meal together and they have a conversation and this is how it goes. Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes. All right, that's a weird question. And then Jesus says again, right after that, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, Lord, I do. And then a third time, Three times Peter denies. Three times Jesus asks, do you love me? And Peter gets it. He gets what Jesus is doing. He's inviting Peter to repent, to love him back, to walk with him. Because Jesus is everything to him. He's better than Becky. He's better than Emily. He's better than Blakely. He's better than Tripp. He's better than my son, Luke. He's better than you guys. He's better than all the money in the world. He's better than all the fame, all, this, all the likes. 
He's better than all the grades, the school. He's everything. He's better than heaven. It is not heaven without Jesus there. Do you love him is the question that I'm asking you tonight. Do you actually love him? Peter, transformed by that moment, says yes. And Jesus says, then feed my sheep. Then feed my sheep. Walk with me. Feed them God's word. Let them know this truth. And so he feeds the sheep of God, the people of God, and speaks his word out and proclaims to repent and have a relationship with Jesus and to love him back. Because he loves you even while you're a sinner. He loves you even while you have so many other loves, even though you cheat on him over and over again with so many other loves, he loves you. I think I shared this maybe last week with you guys, but one of the most powerful things for me was to realize that if I never got my life together, which is still not together, this, yesterday was a horrible day for me, I had a terrible day, absolutely horrible. It was so, it was like, my mind was blowing up, I couldn't handle it. I was like, Collapsing in just anger and frustration and feeling like a failure and not enough. Even in those moments, my Jesus loves me. He loves me so much. He paid the price for me. He died for me. An angry dad, an angry husband, an angry youth pastor. He died for me. And if this ministry completely crumbles, if no one comes to know Jesus through... God working through me. If nothing happens of this, if I never ever figure it out, if my whole family falls apart, if my wife divorces me, if my kids abandon me and run away from me because I'm such a jerk, if you guys turn against me and hate me because I'm such a jerk, and I have Jesus, then I have everything. It's all about Him. Repentance is all about Him. It's not even about your sin. It's turning away from your sin into God and walking with him. And the only way to do that is through Jesus because he pays the price for your sin. Do you love Jesus? All right, let's pray. If you bow your heads and close your eyes, if you love Jesus um, and if you um, feel that right now, then pray this prayer with me. This is something I pray every single day and I have to pray every single day. All right? And it's a confession of my sins. Father, I need you. I'm sorry. I've hurt you. I'm sorry that I'm the reason why you died on the cross. I'm sorry that every time I sin, I validate your death. I celebrate it, God. Every time I sin, I'm just proclaiming your death. I'm so sorry that I make a mockery of your life with the way I live. And I need you, Father. Forgive me. I need you right now to forgive me and to move in my heart. I need to know that you're real. I need to know that you're here. I need to know that you're worth it because because I have to know that it's worth giving all this up to follow you. God, hold me and carry me. May I go to bed at night thinking about you holding me in your arms. May I go to bed at night knowing that you're in the hardest moments with me. Father, I love you so much. If my life must end in death, if my life must end on the cross, then let it be done. 
If my life has to end with holes in my hands and holes in my feet, let it be done. Because I love you and you love me. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing.